When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. It is the post game show. Steelers win somehow, some way. The Steelers win 23 20 over the Cincinnati Bengals at Paycor. I wonder if they were as upset as their naming rights as Pittsburgh fans were, but still, that's not the debate. The debate is the talking points are the Steelers find a way to win. It was ugly. It was crazy. It was exciting. And we're going to break it all down for you right here in this postgame show. Joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? You ever get a concussion and you you come to and you're a little woozy and you're like, what's going on? What's going on around here? And then you fall back in the concussion. You wake up again and you just don't everything weird's happening around you. That's how I feel right now. I, I my head is woozy it's a happy woozy it's not a hangover it's just like wow I, I feel like I got hit with a bag of nickels I'm picturing you getting hit going down with a concussion getting up someone hitting you I, that's never happened to me you said has it ever happened no that's never happened to me just you know what honest. I it did happen <laughs> I went down got a concussion got up 10 seconds later fell back down and got a double concussion what were you doing it was, I was working. It was ice. It was West Virginia. Okay. It was 2003. It was a different time, Jeff. What does West Virginia have to do today? Why do you got to bring the state in, involved? Like somehow it's West Virginia's fault that you can't stand up. Anyways, Dave Scooby. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dave. Okay. I know what Brian is, is talking about. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like story. you're actually living in real time in real life right now, does it? It, it, it just, it, are you watching a replay or something? Or it, it just doesn't feel it, it's that weird feeling of I'm not I'm not sure I'm awake right now. It, it's strange. It that was just unreal craziness. Uh, I you know, Dave was at the house for the game, and I can be honest, I think I rewrote the headline <laughs> ending of the game probably five times. Oh, it's true. It's uh, true. Every time at one point I just said, Can this game just be over? So I I don't have to go back and completely change everything about the article. But still, the Steelers find a way to win. That's what I want to emphasize. That's what I told myself before we went on the air was the Steelers still won. There was a lot of bad and there was a lot of ugly, but there was also a heck of a lot of heck of a lot of good. And the Steelers still won. At the end of the day, as everyone likes to say, at the end of the day, the Steelers are one to know. And I think that is important to note. We're going to talk about all of it here on the postgame show. But as we always do, once the regular season rolls around, we start with knee-jerk reaction. What are your thoughts following the game? Brian, we'll start with you. My first thought following this game is, yay, we got a win as Steeler fans. But, oh, here we go with, I mean, it's the QB controversy has started already. And just enjoy this one real quick. Let's do that tomorrow. I'm here for it, though. All right, Dave, what is your <laughs> knee-jerk reaction? The knee-jerk reaction is a win is a win is a win. Yeah. You got the win against the 2021, not just AFC North champions, AFC champions, representatives in the Super Bowl. You take that as long as you can get it. There were costs to this win. There were injuries, and it doesn't the way it came about doesn't it necessarily instill confidence moving forward a whole lot, but at least you have to take the win when you get it. Yeah. And so that right now, the, the general consensus that you see on Twitter and people are hitting me up on Twitter saying like that win felt like a loss. Well, would you rather it actually be a loss? I wouldn't. That's just me personally. I mean, would you be happier if the Steelers didn't win and it, Everyone could say it, whatever they want about, well, the Bengals, they didn't have their long snapper and that equated to who cares? 
Like, I, I'm sorry, as Mike Tomlin once said, we do not care. Now, he wasn't talking about this in, in regards to a win, but still, it is a win. All right. I agree with this statement. It's a $2 tip from Tyler W. Let me get it up on the screen here. He said, I like Tomlin with two weeks. Great, great game, game plan. I, I said this during the game. I'll say it here. You give Mike Tomlin two weeks to game plan for an opponent, he's going to have a good plan in place. And they did. They had a great plan in place. You could definitely see in the first half that Joe Burrow was, he was searching. He was searching as the defense continued to make plays. Thank you very much, Tyler, for the tip. We do appreciate it. So, all right, there's so much to diagnose, but before we get to any official stats or anything like that, let us let me recap the injury report. Mike Tomlin just wrapped up his press conference not too long ago. He labeled TJ Watt's injury as up. He went the NHL route, quote-unquote, upper body injury. So he did not give any specifics. Every other outlet is running with the pectoral injury to TJ Watt. Now, just so you know, in case you're not familiar with the anatomy and kinesiology of the human body, if he tore, I'm talking a complete tear of the pectoral muscle, which is where right the, the part of your pec, which is your chest that attaches to the arm. If it tore off his season's done, his season's over. And that's something he would be familiar with. His brother, I think has torn his pec a couple times, JJ uh, in different seasons. So Adam Schefter's reporting about a torn pec. All these people are reporting about it, but, Mike Tomlin's not shedding any light on that. We'll have probably find more about that here in the coming hours or days. Next, Najee Harris, he just said foot injury. He was not pressed on whether he was not going to answer any questions, whether it was the same foot or whether it was the same injury, the Liz Frank sprain or any of that. Those were the big injuries. Levi Wallace had an ankle. Robert Spillane, he labeled, labeled as an eye injury. I don't know if that was that he didn't just get poked in the eye. We don't know what that's all about. Other players that left and were able to return, Alex Highsmith with an undisclosed injury. Cam Hayward and DeMarvin Leal were down at one point. I think they were both okay. And then also you had Levi Wallace with an ankle injury. Um, I, I might be forgetting one. Other than that, though, that is kind of the where we are with the injury. So a lot of... Of anyone that didn't return. Correct. Yeah. A lot of injuries of note, though, in this game. So that'll be a, a talking point moving forward. want to get this tip up here. Wilson Pava gives us 499. Thank you very much. He says, I feel like AB after the 2015 wildcard game injuries suck, especially TJ. Mitch was good and the O line wasn't bad. The standard is the standard. Well, Mitch being good, I think that's debatable. Uh, we'll talk about that. Let's get to the stats. I kind of feel like what Yin's talking about when he says, let's get to the tweets. We've got another one. What's that? Here we go. $2 oh, from Tom Muir. Nice. Want to know? D was outstanding. O was awful. TJ's done. Tom, come on. Like, we thank you for the tweet, but you don't got to bring us down like that. You know, I mean, come on. Let's try to stay a little bit more upbeat, but let's talk about these numbers here. We're going to start off on the offensive side of the football. Mitch Trubisky finishes the day 21 of 38. He threw for 194 yards, a 5.1 average, one touchdown, no interceptions, was sacked once for two yards, which running out of bounds. That was my favorite Mitch Trubisky play. Did it in the preseason, did it again. Instead of throwing the ball away, he ran out of bounds for a two yard loss. That's a sack. A rating of 78.2. Brian, you teased this just a few minutes ago. I'm going to throw it over to you first. You said quarterback controversy. What did you think of Mitch Trubisky's first official start as a Steeler? First of all, I need to check my article on that. I think I had him going 21 for 38, if I'm not mistaken. How many yards did he get again? 194. Okay, I, I had him at 220. I thought Mitch... Mitch got them out of trouble in some situations because of his ability to move. But there was a lot of times, especially when that, when you were deep into that game, when you couldn't afford a three and out, I didn't have much confidence in anything more than a three and out. Uh, Yeah. I, I'm glad we're not given grades, but Mitch was good enough to win today with luck on his side and an angel on his shoulder. But, you know, I just really think that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to, if you see a little bit more of this, you're going to, you're going to have a controversy on your hands. I'm everybody by halftime. I was getting the Pickens tweets. I was getting the Pickens texts, excuse me, the picket texts, excuse me. Everybody wanted Kenny in there, but you know, when they had to get down there, to get game winning field goal 
And when they had to get close enough to try to get that 54, 55, whatever it was, he was able to move them in the fourth quarter a little bit. He's not a superstar quarterback, but the superstar on the other side of the ball fumbled once and threw four interceptions. I'm going to ask you a simple question, Brian. I want an honest answer. So you said at halftime, you started getting the picket tweets, texts, whatever, emails, voicemails. Did you want to see a change? Not that you knew it wasn't going to happen, but did you want to see a change? This goes against everything that I talk about, but yes. Heck yeah. All right. Let's get this. Uh, let's get this tweet. This up there. Monster gives us four ninety nine, and he hits a nail around the head. He said, refill your blood pressure meds, boys. Going to be a ride this year. I miss every Monster. Year, every I year. Monster. Yeah, Monster's back. Monster he's 19. a happy looking dude on that avatar. For sure. Every year, I feel like I need to make sure that my heart is healthy because they're going to kill me one day. Just not today, Satan. All right. Dave Schofield. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about Mitch Trubisky, and then I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Brian, but start with what your thoughts were on uh, Mitch. Well, I wasn't getting any kind of messages or texts or even <laughs> any comments from the other person on the other side of the room thinking that they thought Pickett was going to come in during this game. No, no. I, I didn't hear any of that. I didn't, you know. Th- this you is heard like plenty of comments about Kenny, you heard yeah, plenty I mean, of comments about, about the possibility about if he would have been up to starting and yeah. everything. You knew they weren't going to make the change no. mid game. I even tried to give Jeff a scenario where he would start next week, but that would have required Mitch Trubisky to throw a pick six to end the game in overtime, which didn't happen. I'd much rather be one and oh than ha- than have that. My biggest thing with with Trubisky is don't treat him like Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe if it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger, everyone's like, oh, Ben can only throw the ball five yards down the field. I said this to Jeff during the game. I'm like, if this offense is running plays that are only designed to get five yards every time, then you can't miss on a play or your drive's over. Because it seemed like for the, especially I got the feeling in the second half that they were constantly, every play was designed to get to make five yards then you have to convert every play or your drive is going to stall. You know, what happened? They didn't have much time. They had to press the ball down the field. Deontay Johnson makes an amazing catch on the sidelines. Yes. What happens? They get a free play. They push the ball into the middle of the field to Fairmouth, moves it down into what would have been field goal range. They did get a little bit closer after that, which was, which was nice. So it, it's almost like we said about the two-minute offense um, during the preseason. I almost feel like why aren't they pushing the ball down the field more all the time, other than on third and five taking a deep shot? You know, you know, it seemed like it was there wasn't a lot of of plays that were designed to go for 15 yards. That's the kind of plays that it's that um that that the whoever they were playing, those nameless gray faces were running. Um, you know, the 15, you know, things that are gonna pass plays that are gonna be designed for that. So when it comes to Trubisky, I don't know if it's really Trubisky or if you know, I like the smoke and mirrors that they ran at times. I like the flea flicker, but I just didn't seem like, like it didn't feel like they were pushing the ball to really gain a lot of yards, play in and play out. So I'll ask you the same question I asked Brian. Are you thinking now more about, is, is Kenny Pickett entering your mind moving forward? Are you sitting there finding yourself thinking, gosh, this might happen sooner or later, or are you more of like, eh, he's going to be given a, a long leash anyways? I am ready for Kenny Pickett whenever the Pittsburgh Steelers no. decide they are ready for Kenny Pickett. If it would have been for this game, I'd have been fine with it. If it's for <laughs> next week, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Well, I'm going to say, I'll say it again That's- to Jeff. I'll, I'll, exactly what I said to Jeff during the game. Oh, the offense seemed different. It's like they had a, a, something different for Pickett when, during the preseason. I'm like, is it because they only had a certain Kenny Pickett package? Does he not have a grasp of enough different plays? He might, he might not. These are things we don't know. I will constantly say it. You guys want me to to, to make a bold declaration about something when I don't even have 50% of the data. And well, that's no, what we are as fans. No, it's, so, it's not. I'm, I'm not saying that you would be making the call. I'm saying, did you start to think, Mm, Trubisky didn't look too great, and maybe I'm looking forward to what Kenny Pickett could bring. That's all I'm asking. I mean, all of Steelers Nation is looking forward to Kenny, what Kenny Pickett can bring, whether it's next week, two weeks from now, or in 2023. It, 
I'm going to be waiting for that just like everybody else. And I'm ready for it whenever they feel that they're ready for it. But bottom line is this offense just needs to come together. I can't remember who tweeted it during the game. Um, it, it, it was either it was either a Brian Batko or Chris Dansky, someone like that, tweeted during the game. They said the biggest thing going on with this offense right now is receivers aren't getting open. They're like the receivers aren't getting open, and that's supposed to be the Steelers' strength. So to me, I think the entire offense needs to needs to get more time together and just get clicking on all cylinders. And it's probably going to take some time still. All right, let's get some super chats here. Lifelong fan 07 gives a dollar ninety nine. He said the offense did enough to win. Thank you very much. You're right. You cannot hide that that they did enough to win. We'll put it that way. Let's. Uh, we have a couple others here. Steel Dog eighty eight gives us five dollars. The leash on Trubisky will be short if production on offense continues to be low. I think that's debatable. Occam's Ox gives us four ninety nine. Says Mitch gets a mulligan. A breakfast ball, so to speak. First start on a new team on the road against division team is a tough spot since he has no pushover, but that was a weird one. Yes, it was a very weird game. Um, so with Mitch Trubisky, I think the numbers kind of, they, they are the 21 of 38. Okay, that's not great. 90, 194 yards, five-yard average. I, th- I think it's all, it all comes together. Like when Dave said that the receivers weren't getting open. That's fact. Anyone that watched the game saw that they were not getting open. However, when you're not running routes that are going down the field too often, you're not stretching the ball down the field. I think we saw only one deep shot, genuine deep shot. And that was to Miles Boykin early in the game. Yeah, they're going to be able to crowd the line of scrimmage. But I want to move on from the quarterback talk. We're all going to have plenty of opportunities and time to talk about that on other shows and as well as on our individual shows. Uh, but still, I want to get this uh, We'll get this up to here real quick the super chat wilson pava is another dollar 99 thank you very much he said if the wide receivers aren't open why not send pickens out more i don't know the snap counts i, I cannot tell you how many uh snaps pickens played over someone like boykin or deontay johnson or gunner olszewski they all mixed it up so we're going to talk about that i want to go to the next group that has been just absolutely abused by the fan base and that's the offensive line let's talk about the offensive line now and we'll start off with pass protection. Again, Mitch Trubisky was sacked one time, and it was his it was his doing. Okay, that let's make that very clear. The Cincinnati Bengals finished with five quarterback hits. They they only had one sack. Okay, and again, that was Mitch Trubisky running out of out of bounds. So, what did you all think of the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint, Brian? We'll start with you. I thought it was pretty good in pass protection. You know, you have a pretty clean quarterback in fact there weren't he wasn't getting beaten around he wasn't getting hit so that's one of the reasons that you won the game when when you have we talk about sacks all the time being the big problem but in pass protection they you get a lot of interceptions forced because of bad pass protection and there were hardly any close interception situations you know, there. I mean, Mitch played pretty clean as far as that. Remember how many times, like towards the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, he escaped and a lot of interceptions were dropped. That didn't seem to be a problem today. So I will go ahead and say, you know, pretty good performance. If we were grading it, they get a decent, they would get a decent grade because Mitch was clean and Mitch was not forced on mistakes. Okay, Dave, what were your thoughts on pass protection from the offensive line? Well, it wasn't like Mitch was running for his life every time as soon as he got the ball. That wasn't happening. It wasn't that – and you can't expect a, a defensive front and a player as someone as good as Trey Hendrickson to, to never get back there. So you did have some of those plays. You had the almost safety, but that was basically a design – was that? I mean, if I recall right, that was a naked bootleg, which means no one was going to be blocking that guy on the outside, um, unless I am misremembering it. I'm I'm not 100 sure, but there was the one hold on Dan Moore Jr. and I didn't even. I mean, I'd have to see a different angle from it to think it was a hold. I just thought he drove his guy down into the ground. Didn't know that he actually had a hold of him. I thought in all the pass protection held up much better than I expected it to. I'm not saying it was outstanding, but I'm not saying it was bad because I mean when the only when the only quarterback sack is him going out of bounds, that's on him. That is on him. So it wasn't perfect, but I would say overall, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. 
That's the thing for me. So everyone always was bashing this this offensive line. They stink. They can't block. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's running for his life. I'm sorry. I did not see that. There were plays where he was able to escape. There were plays that were designed for him to get outside the, the tackle box, and that's obviously by design. I didn't think they did bad in, in pass pro in this game. I, I like. I think what one holding call, that was the only offensive line penalty on the game on Dan yeah. Moore, questionable at best. But even then, I thought the offensive line showed up, and Monster gives us another $1.99. He said, this line will come around, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from that aspect, they did a good job. They did a good job against a good Bengals pass. Better rush. than expected. Yes, absolutely. So maybe the plan was we're going to max protect. I don't know. I'd have to watch the game back. But still, I think the offensive line, it is important to note, did a good job keeping Trubisky clean. And that's another reason why I'm se- I'm semi-frustrated with Mitch Trubisky is that he wasn't running for his life. He had time on more than one occasion and wasn't able to kind of get any type of mojo or rhythm going with the offense. And that was a frustration, but then let's also do the other half of the offensive line. And that was the running game. They struggled. They struggled again. When your wide receiver is your leading rusher, chase Claypool with six carries for 36 yards. That's an issue. They had 22 carries for 75 yards, a 3.4 average with a long run of 15 yards. And that was on a reverse to chase Claypool. What did you think about the run blocking Brian? regurgitating it was horrible there were more holes on a nun's face than there were for the Steelers running backs to run through (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) nuns don't wear earrings or nose rings (laughs) (laughs) but you're right there were not a lot of holes uh, for the Steelers (laughs) runners to get That was good. Brian, did you have anything else you want to add? I, it, it was horrible. Yeah. You know, and I can't blame Najee. I can't blame Warren. I, I can't blame those guys. It, it, there was nothing. And you've got to be able to run out the clock when you have a lead. You've got to be able to ball control. They're going to get so many opportunities when they can just, you know, gosh, we've been ripping on Mitch for uh, not being that great. But hey, when there's no threat to run, you know, you can sit back and and let them throw. All right, Dave, what did you think about the uh, run blocking on the offensive line? It was nothing like the pass blocking. <laughs> it was, yeah. it, it had a lot to be desired, but I, I really want to, I really wish I could see the, the game again and again and again. I'm, I can't wait till I can watch it over and really look at it. I also felt like Cincinnati had more guys there that they than they had blockers to block. It felt like the Steelers offense of the last two years that they're going to be like, we're going to bring everyone in there. We're not going to let you run the ball. We're not going to let you throw short passes and things of that nature. So that's one thing that you also have to remember. But you also have to remember, other than that nice Najee run there at one point, there wasn't push. You weren't getting pushed with the offensive line. So that definitely needs to be improved if, if the Steelers are going to be more than just a one-dimensional have-to-throw-the-ball-all-the-time team. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle. It seems to remain a struggle. Uh, they did have some turnover this game when you talk about Mason Cole leaving for a short stint, but that's no excuse. Uh, they just The Steelers didn't even really commit to running the ball. Like I said, they had 21 carries. I'm sorry, not 21 carries, 22 carries, and six of those were to a receiver with jet sweeps. So I guess technically a jet sweep is a pass, is it not, Dave? Uh, no. The, on the jet sweep, that's a handoff. It's only okay. when they do the little pop the little pass toss, forward, okay, pop and he pass. wasn't doing the pop pass. All right, $2 from Snoopy McQueen. What did you think of number 10? That's Mitch Trubisky. He said he had running backs open. I'm not sure in which capacity, Snoop, you're talking about. Uh, we talked about Mitch Trubisky just a few minutes ago, the running backs. Let's talk about those running backs. I mentioned Chase Claypool leading the way with six for 36. He had the long run of 15. Najee Harris finishes 10 for 23. Mitch Trubisky, three for nine, and Jalen Warren, three for seven. What did you think about the ball carriers today, gentlemen? Let's start with Brian. I don't think it was their fault. Yeah. I just don't know where they had a chance to go. Uh, I would have loved to have seen more. I, I saw, I felt like, Warren and Najee and a couple of those runs looked like they had some pop, 
Najee had that nice, I don't know whether it was a seven yard run at, at one point. And I was like, woo. I mean, they, they, it's not their problem. It's not their fault. It's their problem because no one's given them anything to work with. Dave, what are your thoughts on the ball carriers? Yeah, it's kind of hard to evaluate them. Um, just, the, I mean, even at one point I said to you where, where it seemed like Najee had some space um, on a, on a run to the right side. And I felt like he wasn't, flying up into in there as much as he normally would have I almost felt it was like a Benny Snell run um but uh, I'm still not sure that that foot's 100% and then obviously yeah. him going down is another thing it just it was something that just the running backs getting going at all it's not just about the backs it's not just about the line it's about all of it together it's the whole run game and it just wasn't working yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to give some credit to Jalen Warren, who was thrust in. I mean, this guy's an undrafted rookie and came in, had a great blitz pickup on one play towards the end of the game. I'm not sure if it was overtime or the fourth quarter. Uh, he had some nice runs, you know, hard running style. It hits the hole hard. So kudos to him. Wanted to bring up some attention to him. All right, let's go to the pass catchers for the Steelers. Pat Fryermuth, five receptions for 75 yards. He had the long of 31, which came in overtime. Got the Steelers into field goal range. Deontay Johnson. I'm sorry, Pat Frymuth had 10 targets, by the way. 10 targets. Deontay Johnson, seven catches for 55 yards, along of 25. That was in overtime as well. 12 targets for Deontay Johnson. And then things start to go a little bit different. So Zach Gentry had two catches for 40 yards, the long of 32 on that misdirection play. It was a great design by Matt Canada. Chase Claypool, four for 18. Uh, he had six targets. And then Najee Harris, two for three yards. George Pickens, one catch on three targets for three yards. Uh, Miles Boykin, no catches. And Jalen Warren, no catches, but they were both targeted. So what do you all think about the pass catchers, Brian? I thought they were fine. I love the idea that that they were going to a lot of different targets. They were, they were going everywhere. Um, you know, Dave mentioned the fact that some of them were not getting open. You know, in my... I really wasn't seeing that as much because that's not what I really pay attention to. Um, I don't have that coach's mind when I'm watching it. I I really thought just the throws weren't there on those 17 occasions. And I, I really, I didn't think they were that bad. Fryermuth, we talked about this all year, how he could possibly be your MVP and change the game. And we talked about it the other day when you were asking me on the preview for who's going to be the guy that has to be that X factor. And for me, it kind of came true a little bit today because when you needed to get somebody to get down the field in overtime, the guy who did it was Fryermuth, and that middle was open. Yeah. Good point. You, you did call that on Thursday there in the Steelers preview podcast. Dave, what do you think about the pass catchers? I mean, they, I, I, was there a drop? I guess we'll find more about that later with the more advanced stats. I don't. I don't think there was a drop. I think they they yeah. came through. The, the offense, just as a whole, wasn't clicking on all cylinders. And who knows if and when this offense will click on all cylinders? It, it, it's just there's a little bit of everything. But the pass catchers, you know, they caught the ball when it was thrown to them. Um, they're still working on stuff. But I'm not going to complain about anything. I'm just saying that, that was a tweet that I saw during the game from someone who was at the game in the press box that said the wide receivers weren't getting open. I'm, I'm not going to confirm nor nor deny that statement. I'm just putting it out there. But uh, you know what? They they did enough to make plays in overtime to move close enough to kick field goals on two different drives in overtime. Yeah. I can't complain too much. And in some of the passes I, I didn't think were very accurately thrown. And so it's difficult to really gauge that. I agree. Mm -hmm. Snoopy gave us another $2 and kind of clarified what they were trying to talk about. Said number, number 10, Trubisky had running backs open underneath. They seemed wide open. I I, I don't know. I, I can't speak on whether the checkdowns were there and whether that mm -hmm. would have been a good play. I feel like that's a situation by situation type deal. But uh, I think there were a lot of left, a lot of plays offensively left out on the field. I think that's safe to say. But thank you for the tips. We appreciate it. All right. Can, can I just ask a question about offense yeah. overall? All right. The, the, they come out, you know, they don't do anything on the first drive. The Steelers defense set them up. They get the pick six. Then they come out and everything. Did, did it almost feel like for the offense, 
Coach Tomlin put the emphasis on it on Tuesday. We can't turn the ball over. We can't turn the ball over. Did it almost feel like the offense was doing whatever they could to not lose rather than win? Is that kind of the – can you say that that was almost like a feeling that you were getting, especially in the second half? I mean, I'll, I can speak on that. I, I did not think that they were that they were playing to not lose. I, I do think that maybe Trubisky didn't throw it in some areas because of maybe a fear of of taking that risk. But I don't think the play calling was made to. We've seen those those games before where they get super safe and it mm. just doesn't look fluid. But I, I don't necessarily think that. I'm just raising work. the question. Yeah, no, I'm not I know, saying Brian, that. I, what do you think? Yeah, I, I tell you what. They, they were playing very safe, Dave. I'm I'm with you on that because I I just felt like, you know, they. It's like, it's like taking taking a pill, wearing six condoms, and <laughs> you know, it's. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Putting yourself in a plastic bubble. You yeah. know, it's just like I can't make a mistake here. I can't make a mistake here. It's I mean, it's like wrapping your baby in bubble wrap. Yeah. You know, just, honestly, it's 2019. Yeah, it 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 really is. It, uh, I'm not, I mean, but the only thing is, I'm not going to say it was unimaginative. All I'm saying is, my gosh, I mean, have some cojones. I wanted them to go for the jugular, and they, I mean, they, they go, off the one takeaway, they ran the flea flicker and got down there and did a play like that. So I can't say that it's all bad because they did things like that. But you, it wasn't much more beyond that. I felt in the second half, it was almost like the offense is like, don't, you know, ending, ending a drive with a kick, as they've talked about in the past. You know, you want to, you want to end drives with a kick, whether you're, whether you're kicking an extra point, you're kicking a field goal, or you're punting the ball because you don't want to turn it over. It seemed like they were settling too much for the third one. I'm, I mean, Come on, one one more score, one more field goal, one of those things in there, and this game is completely different. Um, it was, but at the same time, if you push it too much, then you and you have that turnover, then this game doesn't go to overtime for the other reasons as well. I would just, I would just yeah, bring you. It it's a good question. Uh, Angel Torres gives us nine ninety nine. All the signings besides the offensive line prove their worth. Well, we'll talk about some of those signings. Um, and again, I, I don't think the offensive line in terms of at least pass protection was as bad as some people thought it was going to be heading into this game. So keep that in mind. But let's go to the side of the field that actually did prove their worth, and that would be the Steelers defense. Let's talk about Joe Burrow's stat line. He finished 33 of 53, threw the ball 53 times for 338 yards, a 6.4 average. He had two touchdown passes, four interceptions. He was sacked seven times for 39 yards with a rating of 61.7. And if that's not enough, quarterback hits, the Steelers also registered five. So seven sacks of Mr. Burrow. Let's talk about the Steelers' pass rush first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? What did I miss? I think you read the long, wrong team. Did Steelers I? had... Well, first of all, 11. Yeah, yeah. 11. Every sack counts as a quarterback (laughs) hit. Uh, You're right. I was looking on the the, Bengals side. That's my fault. The The Steelers got hit five times. Yes. 11. 11, Thank you for the correction. 11 quarterback hits. Let's talk about the pass rush. Alex Highsmith, he finished with three sacks, two tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. TJ Watt, unfortunately, could be lost for a long time. He had one sack, three tackles for loss and a quarterback hit, and also an interception. Um, as your uh, quarterback hit sacks, Robert Spillane was credited with a sack. He was the closest player on Joe Burrow's kneel down, but he also <laughs> had a quarterback hit. Um, I'm looking at uh, Arthur Millette was credited with a sack. That was on the fumble. Uh, yeah. It was at an overtime, which put the ball back at the 50-yard line. Uh, who else am I missing? Cam Hayward Cam had Hayward. a sack. Um, and that's it. Seven total sacks of Joe Burrow. So let's talk about that pass rush. No Keith Butler. Everyone said he's the guy that knows how to draw it up. Brian, what do you think? <laughs> well, he must have left his uh, notebook there because I got to <laughs> tell you, if he's the only one that could do it, then they stole some stuff from him, or maybe he was like uh, hiding in the uh, in the old towel bin and uh, whispering to people, "Dag, damn it, let's do this." But no, no, they. That means that the guys around him had some say too. 
the guys around him absorbed what they were doing, or maybe Terrell Austin added to the situation in the last couple of years. That's what that means. They went after it. They they completely they were swarming, and uh, they still when TJ Watt went out, they were still trying to swarm, and it was impressive. That was that was a defense that you talk about. This reminds me a lot of 1983 when you had Cliff Stout in there and they were just gone awful, but they, they, they went off and to a, like a nine and two start because the defense like Keith Willis had 15 sacks and they had all these guys that had sacks and were getting to the ball. And I think if I'm not mistaken, they had like 54 sacks that season and uh, they were just absolutely amazing, but the offense just, just couldn't get anything done. You know, I, I love, I love what the defense was doing. I felt like on every play that Joe Burrow had to hurry. It's interesting thing about these turnovers. Sometimes you can say that Joe Burrow made the turnovers. He made the mistakes or the Steelers forced Burrow into mistakes. And if I'm looking at this with clear eyes, I'm saying that Joe Burrow was forced into mistakes. And that's something that he doesn't normally do. And he is still that darn good that he was able to overcome and almost win that game with that last second touchdown. But they forced him into all those all those turnovers, all those sacks. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, uh, Snoop, Snoopy McQueen, Snoop a loop, give us two dollars. Snoop a loop. <laughs> I love your green hat. <laughs> We're going streaking. All right, great show, BTS Steelers Radio. That would be us. Thank you very much, Snoop, for the uh, tip again. We appreciate the uh, the tip and the kudos. Justin Gall gives us four ninety nine. Said Devin Bush showed up today. Nice of him to join us. We will be talking about that. Um, yeah, for sure. In a second, uh, Kathy Ford gives us two dollars. Just love that defense. What's well, not to love? I mean, they, they played a great game, I'll tell you that. And then Tyler W, the black Air Force shoes did something to number 39. He went dark Minka. So that you heard dark Minka before the shoes, though, right? I, I, I was calling him mad Minka because if yeah. you listen to his press conferences this week, he was yes. not happy. He kept on saying things like, We remember what they said last time. We know what they said last time. We did not forget about last year. And I was like, Mad Minka is my favorite Minka. And he came out, and yeah, maybe it was the all-black Air Forces. Tyler, thank you for the tip, by the way. Um, yeah, maybe it was the all-black Air Force ones, which caused a ruckus on our Slack channel yesterday. <laughs> but still, uh, it's it's a mindset thing. Who cares? You know, go out there and play your best. And, and Minka Fitzpatrick's a guy that's going to he's gonna make plays one way or the other. Uh, I do want to throw it over to Dave, though. We were talking about the pass rush. Go ahead, Dave. What, you, what were your thoughts? Oh, the pass rush. I mean, yes. it, well, here's what's sad. You expect it to get home every time. I mean, they do so much. Seven sacks. Um, all, you know, 11, you know, four more quarterback hits on top of that. We didn't even talk about the passes defense. I mean, the Steelers had nine. And there was, I'm pretty sure Cam Hayward had one. They don't have well, him. I was going to get one. to that. Oh, we were you? Well, that's part of the pass rush. Yeah, we so do anyway, pass defense separate. I know. Well, I'm just, I'm, I was just saying with the pass rush knocking down okay. the ball. We'll, so we'll talk about those a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, but, and what did I say to you during the game is that when the Steelers were in zone and if the pass rush doesn't get home, they're going to find the soft spots in the zone. A lot of times it's about 15, 15 to 20 yards down the field, right on the, right on the corner. That's the soft spot of the zone. Uh, you know, right along the sideline. Um, and they did that several times. And like I said to Jeff, I'm like, if the pass rush doesn't doesn't disrupt that, they're going to hit those all day. But the pass rush disrupted that a lot. But there's going to be some plays that, what do you know, the other team on the other side of the ball, that's, you know, they're getting paid to try to block these guys and sometimes even hold them. But um, you can't complain about that. That was, that was first-class pass rush for the Steelers. Uh, way to set the tone for the season. I didn't see seven sacks coming. I'll tell you that right now. And the funny thing is, is at the beginning of the game, it wasn't TJ Watt. I I had to, I verbally said it out loud. I said, come on, TJ, time to make your presence felt. And then he went out and got a sack and then intercepted the pass. And I was like, well, there you go. Um, But it was Cam Hayward was wrecking that rookie guard. He was going up against. You had Alex Highsmith coming out of nowhere. 
if Alex Highsmith can continue that type of production, and I know it's going to be difficult if TJ Watts out for any length of time, but still he just, it was a great thing to see it not just be one player. That's what I like to see the most out of the Steelers is it can't just be one guy. So that gives me hope that if TJ is gone for a long period of time, which we don't know for certain that if it's more than one player, they might be able to withstand and have some level of expectation when it comes to the pass rush. Let's go to the pass defense. Uh, we've mentioned Joe Burrow's numbers, but as Dave was mentioning, the pass passes defensed. TJ Watt had two. Minka Fitzpatrick had one. Miles Jack had one. Uh, Cameron Sutton had two. Levi Wallace had one. Jameer Jones had one. And I think you're right. I thought Cam Hayward did get one, Cam, but ESPN does not have that registered. Neither does the, the Steelers site. Okay, so maybe he didn't. Maybe we were confused, but nonetheless, they had nine passes defense. When a guy throws the ball 53 times, you're going to have the opportunity. Uh, Jamar Chase finished with 10 catches for 129 yards. He did have a touchdown, could have had two. Long of 24, and he was targeted 16 times. Um, Joe Mixon, 7 for 63. Hayden Hurst, 5 for 46. Tyler Boyd, 4 for 33. T. Higgins, 2 for 27 before he left with a concussion after a Minka Fitzpatrick hit. Uh, Gentlemen, let's talk about the pass defense now. We didn't know what to expect with this. Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton, Akella Witherspoon, Arthur Millette type style. What did you think after you got to see it after week one? Brian, go ahead. Well, I thought it was really impressive. And uh, just like you guys had a chance to converse during the game, I'd like to bring in my guest for that I watched the game with, my good friend Brian Anthony Davis. Uh, Brian, I was telling you during the game when we were watching it that it's really refreshing to see those guys knocking balls away. You know, Brian, yeah, I think that's really impressive that uh, you brought that up because I know you were lonely during the game. I'm glad I could come over and watch it with you because no one invites you to their house. Yeah, well, that's okay. I At least I have you. But back to the question, but back to the question at hand, I really thought that, they were very attentive. I, I felt like you, you saw interceptions. I think they were ball hawking. But when Miles Jack jumps in there and puts that mitt in there to knock that ball away, that was very pretty. And I saw that on a few occasions. I did not really feel that these guys were getting burnt. There was nothing egregious. There was some really good quarterback to wide receiver play. And these aren't guys that have just been together in the pros for one season and a game. Remember they were together for a couple years or at least one big year at LSU together. And they know each other like the back of their hands. I, I really got to say, I thought there was some with the past defenses. It was something that we don't normally see out of that defensive backfield. And it got me thinking, I'm like, Hmm, this, this committee back here, pretty darn good. And then I've got to throw in the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick, you call mad Minka, dark Minka. I'm just saying the M for Minka means man. That guy, I'm going to tell you this. Spoiler alert. If you're going to wait for Kevin Smith and myself to say it on Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show, dude of the week. Oh, my gosh. Dude of the century. Minka Fitzpatrick. That guy single-handedly won this game. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know he had some help in other plays too. He was tremendous. Real quick, is there a player on the Steelers that I to me it's Minka? There's is there a player that would be they get a 15 yard penalty and people go, Well, that's Minka. You're not gonna that's Minka. <laughs> that's that's him to me. Yeah. Like he gets a 15 yard penalty. If anyone else does it, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You've gotta be disciplined. At the personal foul number 39, up oh, that's Minka. He's fine. He'll be fine. TJ gets that pass. TJ so does, does Cam. And so does Cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Minka's on that list. You get yeah. on that it, list. Though. He gets yeah. that pass. He gets that pass. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave, what was your thought about the pa- the pass defense? Excuse me. It's funny because you look at it, you're like, uh, Burrow threw for what, 338? You would think, oh, no. But, I mean, my goodness, four interceptions? The the pass defense, I thought I thought they did a nice job. I, in the, today's NFL, the defense has really put up an, uh, you know, against the wall when you're back there with what they can do. The Steelers would have had another sack, but yet they made some holding call on Cam Sutton. Wouldn't even really show us what it was. And apparently it was 60 yards away from where the play was because it was on the other side of the field as well. Um, you know, so there was 
times, I mean, the secondaries have a hard job. They really do. And I'm, and for the Steelers to even be in this game, it's because of what this defense was doing, both with the pressure and coming up with the interceptions. Yes, Jamar Chase is a fantastic receiver and he's going to catch balls. Um, you don't want to see them have, you know, to, to give up that touchdown with two seconds left in the game. But my goodness, Cincinnati had the ball three times at the end of the fourth quarter and they, they stopped them out of the end zone on two of them. It, when it happened a third time, you're almost like it, it's almost inevitable to, to have to think that they're going to stop them a third time. And they almost did. It wasn't perfect because you can't expect perfection uh, when it comes to pass defense in today's NFL. But I thought they did, like with everything else with the team, they did enough for them to get the win. Well, I thought that uh, to me, you know, everyone talks about the offensive line. Like they need to gel. Like they need to gel. Yeah. They, they just got to get back. To me, that's the same with the secondary. You have so many new faces out there and they're put in places where they might not have been a year prior. I mean, yeah, Levi Wallace is new, but Cam Sutton's in a different role. Akella Witherspoon's in a different role. You throw that in with some secondary, that the rest of the secondary and the safeties, that takes time for them to kind of get on the same page, to understand what they're going to do with this. Yeah, you can communicate, but you read about some of the great secondaries in Steelers history, and they almost had this uncanny ability to know exactly what the other one was going to do without saying a word, without even looking at one another. Like Brian Clark talking about Troy Palomalu. He knew what Troy was going to do. It didn't have to even look. He just knew. That takes time. That takes a lot of time, a lot of repetition. So I think that this group is going to continue to get better um, as the year progresses. But now let's talk about the part of the defense that everyone was concerned about heading into this game. And it wasn't because it was the Bengals. It was just because it was such a concern last year, ranking 32nd in the league. That's the Steelers' rush defense. Not the best. Uh, but really, when you think about it, so they gave up 133 yards on 34 carries. And that was an average of 3.9 yards. Now, Joe Burrow himself, just from scrambling, had 47 of those yards. Joe Mixon, 27 carries for 82 yards, an average of three yards. When I break down these numbers, I, I just not, I don't feel like it was as bad as the numbers might indicate, if that makes sense. Like the 133 looks bad. The 3.9, not so bad. Yeah, hold Mixon to three yards a carry. I, I was watching the game thinking I'll take it. Brian, what did you think? Jeff, you hate when we do this. And I, I agree with the, that you hate when we do this. But it's got a little bit of merit. So let me do. Let me throw this in there. It's hard to go ahead and say that 47 yards from a quarterback is, stopping the, is not stopping the rush. Because you almost have to take that out of there. So I'm going to do that. And we're at 80-something now. Then look at Joe Mixon's one big run of 38 yards. And you take that away. Sure, he had it. And they gave that up. That's fine. But if you take that out and look at the average of all those other plays, then it's well below three yards a carry. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I know that's, yeah, it still happened. You still let that big one go. But most of the time when they were handing the ball off to number 28, they were punching him in the face. Much like he did in college to somebody at a bar. Oh, um, there we go. Sorry, <laughs> he went there. Right. Oh, I'll do it every single time. <laughs> and I'm been apologizing for nothing when it comes to that. Um, no, they, they were they were they were punching him. They were knocking him down. So for nine tenths of his carries, they were controlling Joe Mixon. The yeah. one carry they didn't. You bring up valid points. Okay, Dave, I want to give your take. You're a numbers guy as well. You and Brian like to look at numbers differently, and that's fine. What did you think about the rush defense? I'm going to say something that you kept commenting on during the game, and it's going to make Brian mad that he has another conversation with Brian. <laughs> but the number of – I mean, there was a lot of times where I feel like, felt like the, that the Steelers had them stopped for a one-yard loss, and it turned into a four-yard game. But that's the kind of stuff that you had to see from Najee Harris all last season. That's kind of the job of a running back. And you're like, oh, man, they really could have stopped him there. And they turned it in, into a positive play. You When you look at it overall cumulatively with the numbers, this actually was a pretty decent run defense game. 
I remember last year there was one of these games the Steelers had like 112 rushing yards. We're like, they went over 100 yards rushing. Yay. It was on 41 carries. Yeah. These 133 yards, it's it's a volume thing. It was a volume thing. If you run that many times, you're going to go over 100 yards. But to me, I love that it's under four yards a carry. That is a step in the right direction to, to, to go with that. So that way it doesn't matter if the team runs it, runs it, you know, five times or 50 times if you keep them under that average. Because, and that was the same problem that we had last year with the Steelers at times as, as when he talked about on the show. Oh, yeah, they had a, a good total number of rushing yards, but look at the average because they, they ended up running it so many times. Brian, go ahead. You want to say something? Brian left, but before he left, he said to me, he's like, Brian, you know, I've got to tell you this. I really thought as far as when you look at rushing yards per game, why don't you do it rushing yards per quarter? Because they played a full extra quarter there almost. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I, I think he says some good things sometimes. That's why yeah. I hang out with him all the time. Do you, do you want to come over next weekend? Watch week two. I'd love to. <laughs> all right. You're, you're invited. Mm-hmm. One o'clock kick. You better be on time. I'm not stopping. Don't sit in my seat. <laughs> I'll, I'll sit in a I'll sit in a high chair. I don't care. I just want to computer, be I forgot the mouse for my computer. Why is I was it, just why? fumbling all over the whole no. game? It why was is awful. it that I keep on thinking when Brian comes talking about coming over? I think of the line from Caddyshack where uh Carl Spackler Wait. is talking with uh Ty Webb and he goes, Oh, you have a pool and a pond over there, don't you? He goes, Oh yeah, we've we got we got a pond. A pond would be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's another one though you right. might need to send that offer you have to ask him if in order for this victory to happen did he have to go shirtless yeah did you do shirtless bad you said you were teasing it not well maybe to your wife but i mean what are you <laughs> all right so, so that's what you call teasing it <laughs> well once again i was alone and thank goodness i wasn't shirtless because with two minutes to go a bunch of uh girl scouts came to my door selling stuff <laughs> So, uh, thank goodness. Um, because if you were shirtless, you had to do it again this week coming yeah, up. Yeah. And so, then then the, the, the invitation would have been rescinded. No, I wore this. I wore this. Okay. I asked for the tweet. Everybody said, wear the Najee today. So, I did. But I was in the shower. And on tradition, I shower like five minutes before the game. And so, I'm in the shower five minutes before the game. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a rough game. And I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, I should do. No one's going to be home. I should be do hashtag naked bad, but if I watch the game naked and they win, and I bring it up, even up, you gotta, you have to do it even when you're, when you're. All right, let's let's get this let's get this train back on the track and let's talk about some special teams for the Steelers. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski had one kick return for one yard, one freaking yard. I'm just. That's what it says. He had one punt return for 20 yards. Oh, that was the swib kick to finish out the time. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, that was the only one that was a back. I was like, what? Okay, so Gunnar O had a one punt return for 20 yards. And that was just like, don't fumble it, fall down, good overtime. Which was nice. Chris Boswell, he had uh, was three for four, and he had a long of 53. That 55, I think, was it 55? The one that 55. 55 off the left upright. And I, you know, I listened to Boswell spoke to the media after the game, and he said it was a good snap. It was a great hold. He said he just he just mishit it. He said you could tell it was knuckling in the air, and it, it started wide left, and then yep. it came back into good, and then it went back out and doinked. Exactly. I was, I was thinking about this, fellas. When you get a doink, it's almost like they should give you 1.5 points on a <laughs> doink or something because that's a pretty good kick to get yeah. that ball to hit the uprights. In fact, you should get four points if you hit the uprights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely difficult if that's the goal. Um, so but yeah, yeah so- sounds like, sounds like what was it? Mighty ducks Two, where they were going against each other and they had to hit each, each goal pole, post. Yeah. Cross bar. Playing, playing post. Yeah. Yeah. Playing post. <laughs> All right. So then let's go to uh big press, big press finished with eight punts. That's way mm-hmm. too many. Um, an average of 48 and a half. He had one touchback, one inside the 20 and a long of 60. So let's just sum this up here. What did you all think about the special teams today? Uh, we'll start with you, Brian. When you have to punt that much, your average typically is not that good. Yeah. Now, I know he had that 60 to, to help him, but really, my gosh, that's that's some good punting. And when you're forced in that situation, you need that to flip the field. And when you can go ahead and flip the field and put them back there and make them – a good offense have to go a whole lot further 
then you're helping win that battle. So, I mean, really, I hope when you're giving out, uh, you know, winners and losers, the big press is on that winner list because I thought he was great. All of the special teams I thought was were pretty phenomenal. I'll give I'll give kudos and an extra case of uh, Hubba Bubba or Double Bubble or whatever Danny Smith likes because I liked everything they did. God Olszewski is going to break one. He's he's electric. And he only had that one opportunity, but that one punt return that he was able to return, it was fantastic. You know, you're not going to complain about a missed field goal that hit a post. Like I was joking about earlier, but that's that's so that's a hair from being a field goal. It's not why it's not an egregious wide right or wide left. You know, and then special teams. When you are not giving away, I thought they were swarming when they were kick, when they were uh, defending the ball. So when they uh-huh. were kicking off, when they were punting, that team was swarming. They, I don't know what their returns were, but I don't think they were that good. And you know what? Heck, I don't care that their long snapper got hurt. I'm going to give Danny Smith Jr.'s squad, you know, I'm going to give them points for that too. Because you know what? You still got the block. Even though it was a slow snap, you still got the block. Mike Tomlin even said it's nothing we did well because that that ball took a long time to get back there. But and then the other one, even though it was a high snap, you still have to be on the other side of the ball, putting the fear of the Almighty into that long snapper. So I'm going to give them credit for that. All right, Dave, what do you think about the special teams? Yeah, you talk about the punting. There was one in there that was on a shorter that wasn't as he had a lot of room to punt it and he didn't punt it very far. Then there was another one in there where he didn't have as much room to punt it and he did punt it really far. So, but out of eight punts, I would call at least six of them good punts. So it'd be really nice if you could call all eight of them good punts, but you know, it's a start just like with everything else, just like the offense, just like the defense, you expect things to grow and get better. Um, Chris Boswell wasn't perfect because he hit the because he hit the upright on a 55-yard field goal attempt, but yet he had a good game. So it, it wasn't perfect in any aspect, but like Brian said, the special teams play of the game happened with two seconds left on the clock when you can come through and, and get that and get that block kick. And if people want to say, oh, if only the long snapper wasn't hurt, well, you could just as easily say, hey, um, if TJ Watt wouldn't have gotten hurt there at the end of the game. Whenever they, you know, he was off the field when they scored that touchdown. So you could say that could have, you know, would have, could have, should have all around when it comes to someone getting hurt. It's part of the game. Great point. Let's get this uh, tip up here. Oz gives us a dollar 99. He said, TJ's gone for the season. Well, we don't know that for sure. He said, season's a write off. I'm not going to say that at all. Um, it's, uh, it's a th- team this game. is, this is what you, I'll be honest with you. This is how you handle the, I'm thinking of the TJ Watt situation. Okay. You're preparing for the worst. You're hoping for the best. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Gentlemen, the Miami dolphins thought that too, when Ben Roethlisberger was gone and they said, Hey, even though we're getting better offers for Minka Fitzpatrick, we're going to get a top three pick from the Steelers. So let's trade with them. Well, absolutely, they didn't know either. Uh, so that's basically, this is the, I don't want to, look, I appreciate the $1.99 and I appreciate, you know, fandom and being on, you know, checking out our show, but I don't think you're an orthopedic surgeon. And if you love the Steelers, then this isn't the Pittsburgh TJ Watts. There's 52 other heartbeats on that squad. And this team has a lot of heart. All right, let's get this other tip up here, and then we'll do some final thoughts and game balls. Kid, let's go. What? No, do that one, and then I have some. I have an update. I want to say. Okay, uh, I think it's Valley Ford. It was three dollars. His better week one win twenty twenty one versus the Bills or twenty twenty two versus the Bengals. Brian, what are you saying? <laughs> you didn't oh, want to use the nicknames, did you? <laughs> uh, wow, that's that's tough. I'll actually, you know what? I'll go with twenty twenty two because. I did not feel as low this year than I did last year after that win. Cause I thought that win last year was all defense and special teams. And I did see some movement here. I did see some hope here. And it was the fact that this was the defending AFC champions. So, you know, 
and I thought they played with more heart in this game than they did in that win over the Bills. Dave? I thought the win over the Bills was a little bit more dominant. Remember that the, it was a 10-point game, and they decided to kick the field goal inside of two minutes to then go for the onside kick just to make that game a touchdown. I mean, because they had the ball down down two scores. My, my goodness, I kept saying if, if Cincinnati – I mean, they had three possessions down six. If they would have just kicked the field goal in the first two, then the third one was going just a time. I mean, that whole game plays out differently. Um, this one's too fresh in my mind. I've watched that other game a bunch of times. I need to watch this one a bunch of times too. So um, I don't, let's live in the let's live in the moment and let's enjoy this win and say this is a big one. Well, both games, no one gave the Steelers a chance, and yeah. and they were games, six and a half point road right. underdogs in both of them. Both games were on the road. Uh, and I think the fact that it's a division rival, the Steelers broke that streak, the three game losing streak against the Bengals. I don't care how it happened. That's a bigger win for me. Uh, the, the AFC aspect of things in 2021, I get it with the Buffalo bills and the, the tiebreaker aspect. This game is bigger because it's a division game. And that's just my own opinion, but that's just what I think. All right. right. What's up, Dave? Um, th- here's an update. This was from Mike Giardi from the NFL Network. He tweeted to say, I'm told the Najee Harris injury is not considered a big deal. Okay, good. So good. just wanting to get some good news out there on injuries. But yeah. All right. The Super Chats keep coming, and we'll keep bringing them up. And so as long as you all keep sending money our way, which we appreciate, Four ninety nine from Justin Gall. He said, going to the game next week, I can already hear the Kenny chants. I think that only hurts team should be discouraged. I look, you're not going to be able to tell fans. It's like telling a fan not to boo. Uh, if you're a, if you're someone that pays money to go see the game, you have every right to boo. If you want to boo, it's no one's can tell you to boo or not. So people are, if Trubisky goes out and plays like he did today, Sunday against in week one. Yeah. You're going to hear Kenny chance. It's just, we, everyone knew this was going to happen ever after the preseason. Everyone knew it was going to happen. All right, let's go to, the way we finish the show, in case you're new to the program, we give out a game ball and then we give our final thoughts. Brian, we'll start with you. Go ahead. What's your game ball? What's your final thoughts on week one? Well, Mike Tomlin gave the game ball to all of the newcomers because they are now fully immersed into Pittsburgh Steeler AFC North football. I'm not going to do that. I'm usually I try to stay away from the obvious, but there is nothing holding me back from Minka Fitzpatrick. And for the sake of just being real, I encourage you guys to do the same. All right, Dave. So you give to Minka, right? Yep. Okay, Dave, game ball. Who you got? Yeah, the Minka's game ball, number one, but we need to have more than one. I mean, if we're each given one and Brian and Brian takes that one, I'm, and we're not allowed to have a repeat answer, which I don't know if that's the rules or not. That's not the there, rule. There are no rules. Do whatever but you want. I'm just saying that if it's not Minka Fitzpatrick, somebody else that normally had a performance that would have been a game, would have been game ball worthy is Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. And but but then you look at the game that was that that Minka Fitzpatrick had. So under a normal game, how many games would what what uh, with you know three sacks and everything else with Alex Highsmith after not being able to play in the entire preseason? Would you say, oh yeah, look at that? But then you have to see what Minka did. Yeah, Wilson Pava gives us four ninety nine. He said instant classic up there with the two thousand fifteen wild card in games versus the Bengals. Love all the BTS stuff at BTSE stuff. You all do keep up the good work. Nice to celebrate with all of y'all. Thank you very much, Wilson, for all the tips today and yeah. the kind words. We appreciate it. My game ball is going to go to Christopher Lynn Boswell. And the reason why Christopher Lynn gets a middle name because only special players get their middle name set on our show is that he's clutch. So you say what you want about the miss. The dude came back and made the kick when it mattered the most. And we could be talking about a tie right now. And we've done that. We've done that more yeah. than I would like to. I was going to be happy with one. <laughs> I was going to be happy with the tie at so, many points during yeah. that game in overtime. So for me, it's it's Chris Boswell. And anyone that – like I always compare kicking to golf. And I'm a big golfer. And if anyone ever gets up and you need, to, you, know, you need to lace that drive down the middle and you miss it, you miss it, you miss the fairway, you miss the green, whatever, sometimes it gets in your head. And sometimes the next time you get up over the ball, you're – thinking twice about things Chris Boswell does not seem to have that uh in his game and nailing that kick big props to him I give him the game ball and but Minka Fitzpatrick Mad Minka is my favorite Minka if he can keep that up all year that'd be fantastic all right with this being said 
This is the end of the postgame show. We'll be back next week after our week two game against uh, behind the steel curtain. We'll cover all of the, the stuff this week in terms of all the recaps. Make sure you check us out on our podcast platform. It's so much more than just what you find on Facebook live or on YouTube. Anywhere you, where you get our podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll get shows like Brian Anthony Davis's Bad Language, My Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Dave Schofield's Stat Geek. So make sure you check us out. Gentlemen, great show. Dave, send us off, why don't you? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.